can a man have a baby? Can a man have a baby? Now, if you think that this is a ridiculous question, it's time to buckle up your seatbelts. It's time to buckle up your seatbelts because this week CNN reported that some new, more inclusive emoji are possibly coming to our phones in an upcoming software update. And included in those updates is a pregnant man emoji. And there he is right there. Now hold on, hold on, hold on. Can a man have a baby? Well, according to current scholarship, yes. Gender is understood today as a fluid concept. It's not tied to biological sex. So a biological female who identifies as a man is able, in fact, according to modern scholarship, to become pregnant. According to Healthline.com, there's nothing inherently feminine or womanly about conception, pregnancy, or delivery. So yes, a man can have a baby. But is this really true? Here's a more fundamental question. What is true? What is true? See, we've, we've started a new series of, of sermons called Whatever. Whatever. And this series is exploring how can we grow in our own personal godly character? And how can we grow together as followers of Jesus? And for believers in Jesus Christ, God gives us grace, y'all. He gives us grace to think about and to practice these characteristics that are listed here in Philippians 4, 8 that we went through last week. Whatever is true, whatever is honorable, just, pure, lovely, commendable, excellent, and worthy of praise. And as we discovered last week, none of us have all of these qualities, right? There's only one person who's ever lived who had all of these qualities, and it was the Lord Jesus. The Lord Jesus Christ embodied all eight of these virtues and more. And so, as we want to go each week into one of these virtues, we're going to be looking to the life of Jesus. We're going to be looking to the first five chapters of the Gospel of John. It just so happens this week as I was breaking it down that it all kind of fits right there in the first five chapters of John. And so today, brothers and sisters, boys and girls, we are going to consider whatever is true. John chapter 1 verse 1 reads, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. 
In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. The truth is in creation. The truth is in creation. Look around. These words reflect another famous chapter in the Bible. Does anybody know? Yeah, Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning, God. And here in John, in the New Testament, it says, in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And so we, we have this, this fuller understanding from John of what was going on in Genesis. That not only was God the Father there, but the Word, the Son of God, Jesus as we know, was there. And it says that through Him, that is Jesus, through the Word, all things were created. All things were created from elephants to mountains. From caterpillars to quarks. From people everywhere to the largest galaxies. From the paramecium's to the painted bunting. Jesus made them all. Everything was created by Him. And so, here's why that matters. Because the creation, look around, Everything up here, everything speaks the truth. Everything in creation, the chair that you're sitting in, speaks the truth. Okay, all the way down to the quark, one of the smallest particles that we know exist, which you probably haven't even heard of, speaks the truth. And we can see this in so many areas of creation. Think about it. We can see it in math. Right? We can see it in math because the square root of 144 is what? 12. All day long. The square root of 144 is 12. That's the what? What is it? It's the truth. You see, math reveals the incredible stability in the universe. It reveals the incredible stability that God has placed in the universe. Why? Because the universe, the creation, reveals truth. I mean, the truth in math allows us to build lawnmowers. <laughs> it allows us to build bridges. It allows us to predict the weather badly. But generally, we can predict the weather, right? We know when a hurricane's coming. Why? Because of math. Why? Because the truth is in nature. The truth is in creation. I mean, math even allows us to send billionaires to outer space. I'm not saying we use math in the best way all of the time. But look at what the creation is, is able to do. Look at what you are able to do as a part of the creation we see it not only in math, but in science. God put structure in the universe, even beyond the cellular level, to the atomic and the subatomic level. There's order to the universe. And so we can find truth in nature through science, right? We can make observations, we can do research, we can form hypotheses. We can run experiments. We can analyze the data and we can draw conclusions. How can we even do science? 
How is science possible? Because there's truth in the creation. And God put it there. That's why science is possible. We see it in philosophy. What they used to call the loose science. Okay? It's not loose science. Philosophy reflects the creation. There's truth in philosophy. We can form ideas and thoughts and concepts that express the meaning of life. That explore the mysteries and the puzzles of the unknown in philosophy. You see, God designed your mind with the capacity to understand profound truths. It's amazing. The truth is in creation. And and we can see it not only in math and science and philosophy, but we can see it in the arts. I mean, what we just experienced, right? Right up here on the stage. What we just experienced was the truth in art. We write songs. We create films. We paint works of art that illustrate and color and express the truth in so many different ways, beautiful ways. Uh, The imagination is truth's playground. The imagination is part of what God put into us so that we could experience the truth. Not just know it, but feel it and experience it. You see, the truth is in creation, but so often we miss it. So often we miss it. Notice what John says in verse 4. He says in verse 4, In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness. And the darkness has not overcome it. Light was the very first thing that God created. And from the beginning, the truth of God shined in the the creation. And because of that, the truth is obvious. The truth is beautiful, it's magnificent, it's light. But then the darkness came. The the Scripture tells us that, that, that things weren't always the way they are now. But that at one point, everything went wrong. When we look at the creation, we can't quite make out what it was fully like in the beginning. We can't quite make it out because everything in creation has scars. Everything in creation looks to be old and ragged. Everything in creation signals death and destruction Pain and misery, suffering and violence. Everyone knows that something is wrong in the world, right? Everyone. Everyone knows that something is wrong with the world. But there aren't that many good and satisfying answers that the world produces. There aren't that many good and satisfying answers that the world produces. And so in our day and age, we have embraced falsehood. We have, rather than seeking the truth and and seeing the light, we have embraced untruth. We have embraced, and I say we, I mean we. I'm not talking about people out there. We have embraced falsehood, chaos, disorder, irrationality. Look at 20th century philosophy and postmodern thought. And you will see 
irrationality on display. And this, this pregnant man emoji is the fruit of decades and decades of the presence of irrational thought in our culture. So that now you, some of you, and I have to admit, I have a hard time like saying something about that. Because we've so accepted irrationality. We've so gotten used to the darkness. And we're so afraid of the truth. But brothers and sisters, there's good news here. There is good news, and and it's that God gives us more light. Look at verse 6. There was a man sent from God whose name was John, known as John the Baptist later. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. You see, the truth is in creation and the truth is in the witness. God gives us more light so that, so that the, 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 the gloominess of the creation that often confuses us and leaves us in irrationality, we need more. And God has given us more by sending a witness. By, by sending a witness, He has revealed to us a brighter light. And this witness is what we call special revelation. This witness that God has sent to us, you know it as the Bible. You know it as the Word of God. See what, see what it says here? The, there was a man sent from God. God takes the initiative to shine the light into our lives. Did you see that? He, he doesn't say, and some people went out and found God. No. This is not about going out on a hill and sitting and finding God. This is about, Christianity is not about that. It's about God coming to you. He breaks into your life. He comes into the darkness and it says he sent a man, John the Baptist. And John the Baptist represents this broader collection of God's prophets, of God's speakers, the ones who speak his word and who then have have it written down into what we know as the scriptures. And the real prophets have receipts. The real prophets have receipts. Listen, Moses parted the Red Sea by God's power at work in him. He parted the Red Sea. Elijah prayed down fire from heaven. Daniel survived a lion's den. John the Baptist himself was miraculously conceived. Peter healed the sick. Paul raised the dead. God's God's voice, His witness, comes with power. And so if someone claims to be speaking from God and they're not raising the dead, they're lying to you. If it's a new word. Because God speaks in majestic ways and you will know it when you see it. You will know it when you see it. That's the witness of Scripture. It comes with power. God says it over and over. It comes with power. And that's the power that we have right there in your phone in the Word of God. 
as the Spirit today brings the Word of God and activates the Word of God in you as you believe. It has power. It has transforming power. It has resurrection power. But I'm getting ahead of myself. The Word of God is the witness about the truth. It is the primary way that we know the truth. John came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. What's a witness? A witness is someone who sees with their own eyes. Did you know that the Bible is an eyewitness account to the glory of God? That the New Testament, in particular, is an eyewitness account to Jesus and his message, his resurrection. Eyewitness account. Witness. This word is important. It's not just somebody's idea. It's not just some new philosophy. It's, it's, it's eyewitness. It would hold up in court. Some of the best arguments for the resurrection are rooted in historical documents that we know as Mark, Matthew, Luke, Josephus. A witness is someone who saw it with their own eyes. Jesus prayed for us in his high priestly prayer, and he prayed this. He said, sanctify them in the truth. He said, Father, sanctify them in the truth. And then he said, your word is truth. Your word is truth. The word of God is the truth of God. And if we want to know the truth, then the first thing we have to do, brothers and sisters, you got to crack open the Bible. you got to read God's Word. Don't just take my word for it. Go read it for yourself. If you don't know where to start, ask me. Ask someone who's more mature in the faith. We talked about that last week, having an older believer to follow. It's so important. But read the Word for yourself. There was a man sent from God to bear witness about the light John was clearly riffing on Psalm 119 that says, Your word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. Everything the word says is true. Why? Because it is God's word. Can God lie? No. And so his word is true. Now, as soon as you start reading the Bible, you will recognize there's some things that seem to not line up. And that's why God sent teachers that's why God called me to be a teacher, so that we can have under-shepherds who help us in our walks. I have teachers. Right? I, I have people that I've learned from that I'm following. But most of all, we're following God's Word, because everything in His Word is true. It's true about what it says about creation. It's true about what it says about human history. It's true about what it says about God's nature. It's true about the problems in the world. It's true about our sinfulness and our rebellion against God. It's true about what it says about that there's a spiritual realm, that there's angels and demons. It's true about right and wrong. It's true about what it says about government and justice. It's true about what it says about the dignity of humanity. It's true about what it says about marriage. It's true about what it says about parenting. And yes, yes, it's true about what it says about whether a man can have a baby. 
God's Word in the beginning says, God created mankind in His own image. In the image of God, He created him, male and female. He created them. God made two genders. And females have babies. Only women have babies. This is the truth. It's the truth. The Word of God gives clarity to this question and to many, many other questions that we ask. But before you get carried away, before you uh, start blogging, we need to remember what else the Word says. Because the Word of God not only gives us clarity to things that are right and wrong, but the Word also challenges us to hold to the truth with love. God's Word says, speak the truth in love. Speak the truth in love. Remember, brothers and sisters, we live in a fallen world. We live in a world that doesn't work the way it's supposed to. We live in a world where there is sickness, where there is all manner of dysfunction and disarray. And it's not just in other people's lives, right? It's, it's in our lives. We're all dealing with a pandemic right now for crying out loud. And so we need to have humility as we approach the truth. We need to come with a spirit of love and grace as we approach the truth. God wants us to have compassion as we speak the truth. Because listen, our bodies, created male and female, do not always feel like what they are. Our bodies, created truly male and female, do not always feel like what they are. And people who genuinely struggle with what's known as gender dysphoria and other situations and conditions are often met by unkind words, laughter, gender stereotypes, name-calling, and bullying. And if we're honest, Christians are some of the worst offenders. We are some of the worst offenders. People who know the truth, but don't know how to speak it and show it in love. People who identify as transgender need to know the truth. Yes, they do. And they need to know the love and the kindness that God gives us in Christ. God's unconditional mercy and love. The truth in love. Every single person in this room believes lies. Starting up here. Every single person in this room believes lies about who we are. about what we think about ourselves sometimes. 
We believe lies all the time. We struggle to know and to practice what's true. And don't skip over that. We all struggle with lies. And so that ought to give us compassion for people in this world that's foggy. People are wandering around in the darkness. You've been given some light. Amen. Now have some compassion. Have some patience. Have some kindness. Have some grace for those who are in the struggle. Maybe don't even know it yet. Pray. Ask the Spirit of God to to, to work through the Word and the truth and and bring to light the things that are. that, That, yes, are revealed in creation. Yes, are revealed in God's Word. But God always brings it with truth. The truth is in the creation. The truth is in the witness of God's Word. And the true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world. And the world was made through Him, yet the world did not know Him. He came to His own, and His own people did not receive Him. But to all who did receive Him, He who believed in His name, He gave the right to become children of God who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the Word became flesh. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen His glory, the glory of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. See that? full of grace and truth. The truth is in the creation. The truth is in the witness. And the truth is in the flesh. The truth is in the flesh. You know, humanity was so far gone. Humanity was so much in rebellion, deceived by our spiritual adversary from the beginning. We were were fooled and tricked and we willingly went along. We, We needed much more than the truth revealed in creation and we needed even more than what was revealed by the witness. We needed truth in the body. We needed truth in the flesh. And the message translation of verse 4 reads this way, the word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. I love that. Peterson, yes. The Word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. The Word of God, the eternal God, the Son of God, took on flesh, moved into the neighborhood to bring the truth in a person. What did Jesus say? I am the way and the the truth. And the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. The true light is the Lord Jesus Christ, who came into the world that he made. This when the supernatural became natural, the eternal word of God took on a human nature while remaining fully God. An incredible mystery. He spoke the truth. He lived the truth. He brought clarity to ancient questions about God. Remember, you've heard that it was said, and then Jesus just nails it, right? 
He just nails it for us and helps us to see with new eyes, with new light, what the, what, what the truth has been all along. And Jesus was not afraid to speak the truth. He confronted it with passion. Do you remember how Jesus responded to the woman caught in adultery? The religious leaders were picking up stones. They were ready to, to, to kill her with the truth of her disobedience and her guilt. They asked Jesus, what do you think? He showed them a different way. He said, let him who is without sin cast the first stone. Let him who is without sin cast the first stone. And then what happened? Each one of those, each one of those truth stones hit the ground. Each one of those blocks of the truth hit the ground. And Jesus, the truth in the flesh, he came up to the woman and he said to her, where are your accusers? She said, they've gone. They've gone. But they hadn't all gone. Jesus, the only just judge, the only one that could have rightly condemned her, God in the flesh, what did he do? He said, he said, sister, go and sin no more. He gave her another day to repent, to turn away from what, yes, was sin and evil. Yes. And Jesus gave her grace upon grace. He didn't cast a stone of truth to kill her but He spoke a word of truth to heal her. He didn't cast a stone of judgment. He gave her the grace of truth. A new day. Another chance. Another opportunity. And brothers and sisters, this is the truth. This is the truth. This is the truth. This is not... Fox News, this is not MSNBC. This is the truth of God revealed in the flesh. And there was no greater assault on the truth than when Jesus was put on a cross. There was no greater assault on the truth than when the Son of God, the living Word, was placed on a cross of Calvary who did not deserve it, but who willingly went to take upon His shoulders the guilt that we deserved. No greater denial of the truth than what happened on that cross. And no greater victory for the truth than His victory in His life and in His resurrection. We've already sung about it today. In His resurrection, we get to be a part through faith of what He did for us. So that the truth can come to you. So that His mercies can come to you. So that His love can come to you. Yes, His truth. And we need to hear His truth, right? We need to look at creation and receive it. We need to look at the Word and receive it. But brothers and sisters, we need to receive the love of Christ given to us 
by his grace. Because in Jesus, we see the truth about ourselves, that we are not merely flawed, but that our hearts are so corrupt, so self-centered, so deceived, so wicked that God himself had to come in the flesh and live and die for us. In Jesus, we see the truth about ourselves and we see the truth about God, who is not merely a king who sits upon high pronouncing judgment, but he is a God who gets involved. He is a God who sends a word of warning and a word of rescue and a word of gospel. He puts his own life, God puts his own life on the line for you and for me. He put his own life on the line. He's a God who submit, who submitted to suffering and death in the flesh, even the full fury of his own wrath. He submitted to it. God did. So that we could have life because in Jesus we not only see the truth about ourselves, we not only see the truth about God, but we see the truth about redemption. We see that the darkness, what does the Scripture say? The darkness did not overcome. The darkness did not overcome Him. Yes, it was, it was piercing in. The darkness was attacking, but it did not overcome it did not overcome. Jesus rose again victorious over sin and death with witnesses, with receipts. The light broke through, and we have in Him the glory of God in the Son from the Father. And so how should we respond to these things? How should we respond to whatever is true? Three ideas. Number one, faith. Number one is faith. Brothers and sisters, believe Him. Because you can only know this truth. You can only know and be reconciled to God through faith. We have to trust what God has said to us in creation and in the Scripture and in Jesus. And you have to place your full weight on Him. You can't just play with God. You can't just play church. But you've got to give Him everything. You got to put your weight on him, your whole life on him. That's what faith is. It's it's resting. Remember I said that the truth is in the chair you're sitting on? Lift up your feet. That's faith. <laughs> All right? That's faith. Lift up your feet. You're trusting fully in that chair right now to hold you from falling flat on your face. I'll say face. Faith is putting your weight on Jesus' life, His death, and His resurrection. How do we respond? Have faith. Number two, boldness. This one's hard. I didn't want to preach this sermon today because I don't want to lose friends on Facebook. Do not live in fear of what people will think about you. Be willing to speak the truth to one another. Be willing, not just about emoji, right? But about bigger things and smaller things. Be bold to speak the truth. And if you know me, you know I need to hear this. Number two, boldness. It is not only okay to tell the truth, we must tell the truth. 
If you don't, you may slip into darkness yourself. It's, it's happened. It's happened. How many do we know that have wandered from the truth? We start to believe the darkness instead of the light. And none of us are free from that. We can all wander. There's a hymn about it. Prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. If you don't feel it, you're not prob- her heart's probably not beating. Thirdly, faith, boldness, and humility. Humility. We are fellow travelers who have all made wrong turns and gotten lost. And so we should treat one another at the rest stops of life with patience and kindness and understanding. Speak the truth in love, but do not mock those who are dwelling in darkness. Do not be self-righteous. Do not laugh at the pregnant man emoji because it is not funny. It is an opportunity to extend kindness and love and grace and truth. Have the humility of Christ. Have the humility of Christ. I want to leave you with a question. Can a man have a baby? Nobody laughed. Good. Maybe you're listening. Can a man have a baby? The truth is, no. But then again, look at verse 12. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. There's one man who can have a baby. And for all who believe in him, we get adopted into his family. We become children of God. And so we live in that truth, that metaphorical truth, that we are children of God who are adopted and brought into his family by faith. If you believe this truth, it will set you free. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you for the word. Thank you for the truth. Thank you for the way that you have spoken to us, I think brought conviction today. And even this week in my own life, Lord, I thank you that you, um, that you don't leave us in the dark, but that you give light. And sometimes the light hurts our eyes, Lord. Sometimes it hurts our eyes. But I pray that as we stay in the light, that our eyes would adjust. And Lord, that through faith, we would get to experience being your children. Walking with you, talking to you, living in every day of your mercy and your kindness and your truth. Increasingly, Lord, may we grow in faith. 
thank you for being our Father. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.